As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. On today's episode of The Glue Guys, there is a report out from Sham Sharani of The Athletic and Sam Amick of The Athletic com slash glue guys uh, <laughs> that Daryl Morey and the 76ers are keeping their powder dry their Ben mm. Simmons trade powder dry to go after Brooklyn Nets beloved lead guard James Harden it's a laughable report <laughs> and I'm gonna dive in <laughs> there it is nice, uh, nice on cue acting <laughs> yeah. Brian. then we have NFT VFT Nets role players roles and whether they are fungible tokens or non-fungible tokens oh fun. This episode is presented by BetMGM, the exclusive betting partner of The Athletic. Sign up at BetMGM.com using the promo code THEATHLETICPOD, P-O-D. This is Mike Harris, Hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitter, BK Glute Guys, NetsDaily.com, The Athletic. Get yourself behind the paywall at TheAthletic.com slash Glue Guys. Right? Michael. The crooked refs are back. Yeah, we got the crooked refs. We got hoodwinked, Mike. We got really hoodwinked back there. So we're not going to talk too much about the Timberwolves Who game, cares? but I will say this. Yeah, good. I thought it was a fishy line. So I was in New Jersey this mm. weekend. I live in Maryland okay. where betting is not legal. I was in New Jersey and I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to lay some, some cash. Some dough down. down. No kidding. Look at you. Nets. I think Nets were like plus one and a half points, meaning that they were the underdogs in Minnesota. And I was like, that's a, fishy, that's a weird line. That's a, that's a sardine line. My friend, that is a weird line. And, and Did so you know, I, by the way, we looked at this, the Nets are the worst at beating the spread out of any team in the NBA. That is, they don't meaning beat. they, they get the, they don't cover. They don't cover the, the spread. Most. Yeah. Um, so a fishy line. And I was like, I'm, Nets are going to win. Nets are going to win. Put money on down on the money line. I mean, you know, not too much money. Uh, but uh, it was a fishy game. It the refs fishy. were horrible. Uh, it was, uh, I added the FBI. I said, Hey, look into this guys. Hey yeah. fellas, Jay Edgar. I don't know if you're still alive, but look into this. This is, uh, yeah. You know, this is an, I love the Ricardo's level Lucille ball, bringing her in front of the, you know, you know, the trick the is too, committee. is you get the fellows in early. That way it's not as cons- people like want to think that it's all about the fourth quarter. If you start laying in, you know, like Marcus Aldridge fouling out with like seven minutes to go, like it just has this downstream effect. You know, I'm always talking downstream. Um, yeah, you, you, you lay it in early and then that way, you know, your hands are clean by the fourth quarter. Hey, I'm just calling it like I see it. Very fishy game, Very fishy. but even fishier is this new report out from the athletic Sham Sharani and Sam Amick on the byline, the athletic.com slash glue guys to read the story. Uh, essentially it is a very detailed story about how both sources inside Philadelphia, the 76ers and Sources around the league believe that Daryl Morey's the apple of his eye in the Ben Simmons trade market 
is James Harden, we've heard this before, but this laid out in detail about how other teams are saying when they reach out to the 76ers, they get a sense that Maury's really looking for James Harden. And that would come in the offseason via a sign-in trade and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Now, I'm going to go through some choice cuts. Ooh. And then we're going to talk about it. But to start off the top, it's, I'm going to shade it with how I actually feel, which is uh, it's laughable. <laughs> it's uh, hilarious. It's the attempts of a desperate man named Daryl Morey trying to act like a man without a plan acting like he has one. It's worse okay? than fake news, Mike. It's not even it's it's aspiring to be fake news. That's that's how bad it's, it is. <laughs> it's no. not even good enough to be a big lie. Yeah. Right. No, it's not even it's less convincing that. uh Voting machines were made in Venezuela, tinkered with, and sent to like Arizona. Mm. Right? It's less convincing than some of the stuff that Sydney Powell has been peddling. Right. Uh, and the Pillow Man <laughs> have, has been peddling. This is lower than the Pillow Guy. My Pillow. Daryl Morey's stuff. My Pillow. Here's here's some uh, here's some choice choice cuts. Multiple sources, including people with direct knowledge of the team's thinking. And also from rival teams involved on the Ben Simmons front, tell the athletic that the 76ers are believed to prefer to wait in order to pursue Harden or another superstar in the offseason. Here's my watch out for Doc Rivers. You should be looking for a new job. Mm. This is from the story. Maury empowered Harden like never before, hiring a coach in Mike D'Antoni, whose system played so wonderfully to his strengths and building the roster around him throughout. That's a shot at Doc Rivers. Hey, Doc, you're going to be fired if we get hard and we're bringing in Mike D'Antoni. This is, this is my favorite one. Sources say Maury still has some optimism that he can finally find a way to bring Harden his way. More specifically, he believes that the nine-time All-Star 2018 MVP sees the Sixers situation in a positive light. Let's break down the positive light for a second, Brian. Please. You and I are friends. Close. Right? Right. So if, if we're texting with each other and you send me a picture of your clothes for the day, <laughs> right? You're like, how, Mike, how's this fit? Yeah. What am I going to say? I'm going to be like, hey, it looks great. You're going to gas I'm, me I'm, up. You're going to gas me right up. <laughs> I'm going to make you feel good. Yeah. I'm going to say something well, nice because sp- I am your friend. Speaking of fits, can we just c- quickly diverse yeah, yeah, into no, a plug? Yeah, nice. Yes. <laughs> um, the images behind us, if you're looking on YouTube, and if you're just listening on the podcast, you can't see this, but we've got shirts, new shirts at Scary Kittles out today. Um, yes. Get them while they're hot. It's a, it's a hardened mo- modern art and a Kyrie religious experience. Take a look. Kyrie's back. They're back. Anyways, plug, plug scarykittles.com. Go get them. I think the important thing is positive light. Like we're supposed to infer that out, off of that or in like to figure out off of the positive light that Harden and Maury are texting with each other and that, oh my gosh, Harden's saying to Daryl Maury, wow, you guys have this be- the best team in the NBA. If only I was on that team, blah, blah, blah. Positive light, I think, only literally means Maury texted Harden once and Harden mm. was like, yeah, man, you guys are good. You guys are good. It's yeah. like that simple. Like, let's not. Can we, I would love to check in with James Harden and see like, are you cool with Maury, like, be, like this one-sided friendship being this, like, put, like, doesn't it feel like a one-sided friendship? Like this guy wants to be like a lot closer than maybe James Harden wants to be. I mean, he literally stared him dead in the face this time last year, almost to the day a year ago, and was like, "I would prefer to go somewhere where you are, where you are not." Um, this was a trade package that was offered a year ago, and James Harden chose the Nets. We did this. We did this already. This is a this this is like, and this may go over your head. It's like Julia Fox and Kanye West. Do you know who Julia Fox is? His this is not over girlfriend. my head. This is hitting yeah. me square in the forehead, Mike. I know. <laughs> I've seen Uncut Julia- Gems, you know? Yeah. Oh, what, yeah. what an iconic performance Huge. from Julia Fox. Yeah. And and she's like really enjoying the Julia Fox, Kanye West love affair. Like she's been doing interviews about it. She's been talking about it. She's soaking up this attention. And Kanye's not like, I don't even know if he's aware of what's happening, of yeah. like, of all that's happening. James Harden is Kanye West and Daryl Morey is mm. Julia Fox. He, yep. he, Morey's out there talking about, oh, this romance between him and James Harden. When like James Harden's probably like, yeah, we're like, we, we are cool. Like we text sometimes in a positive light, but I don't, I don't know if I would define us as like an iconic <laughs> romance. It's not the romance at the level yeah. of Kyrie Irving and James Harden. Yeah. The amount of, 
public displays of affection between those two is is uh is a beautiful thing. I don't know if you what what game was it? What was the game before the Timberwolves game? San Antonio they, that they San Antonio they were they like a, hugging. They had a big yeah, it was a love fest. A big hug. A pure love I, fest. I, a beautiful thing. Embiid and Harden will never hug that way. The the dimensions just don't line up, you know? Cuz this is it's too tall. <laughs> that was the okay, that was the reason. Yeah. The <laughs> I will say that this is important. So like there's okay, to be serious, to be serious podcasters yeah, about please. the Brooklyn Nets. Um I I do understand the threat of the 76ers. If I'm James Harden, not thinking yet about the Nets situation, but just purely looking in Philly, if he ends up on Philly with Embiid and they maintain some of the pieces that they have, him and Embiid would have a pretty nice amount of chemistry. He's the exact type of player that Philly needs. He doesn't really need Philly as much, but he's the player that Philly needs. So like, I understand why it would be appealing. And of course, Daryl Morey's there. They would fire doc rivers, bring in Mike D'Antoni to run the system again. And everyone would back. be copacetic. Run it back. Bring the, get the band back together. But the problem is, is that when you compare it to the net situation, it's not as good, not even close. Not as good. Okay. Like if there was wedges to drive between Harden and the nets, I would think one of them would have been the Kyrie vaccine, not playing, playing situation, right? Like, mm. we know that Harden wanted to come here mostly because of Kevin Durant, not necessarily Kyrie Irving. And, but it seems these guys love each other. There's a love, there's a passion. See what you will about Kyrie. And this is why I think, like, any claims of him having, like, a personality disorder or, like, that's maybe, you know, that's... Who's to say? And I, and we don't traffic in that on this podcast, Mike. But everyone seems no, to have, like him. We have uh, <laughs> yeah. we have ACL doctors on yeah. and Achilles specialists, but we do not go we don't, into the mind. We don't go into we the don't mind. Pierce the That's, brain. It's a bridge too far. But everyone, like usually, people with personality disorders, not well liked by their peers. Kyrie is beloved by everyone that he plays beloved. with. Yeah, he's the J.K. Rowling of the NBA. <laughs> like the people who are in the Harry Potter universe are really super are really afraid. Yeah. I don't know if you saw the kid who plays Ron Weasley was like, I don't agree with JK, but like, she's my auntie and you know, she's, she maybe said crazy like, auntie, she so could she be, say some stuff. Yeah, yeah. I love her, but she's, you know, she said some stuff. Um, Kyrie Irving, love him. He's done and said some things that I don't agree with. Yeah. Uh, do you see voice John Stewart talking about the goblins too? There's all kinds of, there's all kinds of claims being made, but did you see him? I, I didn't. Do you see him? Like basically was like, Hey, we shouldn't cancel JK Rowling because I made a joke. He was making, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Nobody uh, talks talked, enough. We, we talked know, about the goblins. But nobody talks enough about Groppy and that Hagrid is truly the villain <laughs> of that. Obsessed. Obsessed He's he has his brother tied to a stump in the back. He's eating dirt. It was for his own good, Brian. <laughs> you believe that. You you really believe that. Okay. Um so talking about wedges, right? Between yeah. Harden and the Nets. This this hypothetical James Harden the Philadelphia deal only happens if James Harden is so turned off by what's happening in Brooklyn and looks at Philly and says, this is a better situation for me. I mean, I think it's, it's like the loyalty in sports. I think both fans, players, coaches, management, I think we're all sort of over the ideal of loyalty, right? Like that's not, we no longer hold players accountable for being loyal. And I don't think James Harden should have to be loyal to the Nets franchise at all. But if we're looking at it from a cold, calculated, capitalist point of view, from the point of view of that, what is good for me is the thing I'm going to do and stick with. The net situation is a thousand times better than what's happening in Philly. <clears throat> Katie's a more proven championship level player than Joel Embiid. Kyrie, if you don't dislike Kyrie, like it seems like Harden likes Kyrie. Kyrie is better than Tyrese Maxey, even as a part-time player. Steve Nash is, you can disagree with his substitutions, his lack of playing Dayron Sharp in big minutes, but he seems to be a pretty cool customer and players seem to gravitate towards him. Yeah, the, um, the thing is, like, loyalty plays on both sides of this. The other argument for Daryl Morey having the best crack at a James Harden offseason is, is also loyalty, but, like, from a career arc perspective, why, what else would, like, We've done, we done that. We did it. You know, we had that experience. It didn't work um, for a variety of reasons. James Harden had the opportunity to prove that he was like an elite offensive player, maybe one of the best ever. And like, we didn't win any championships. I don't need to go back and prove my offensive 
eliteness, and it may not even really be there anymore. Um, yeah. And uh, so with that in mind, like, wh- why, what is infrastructurally the benefit outside of just MB? I can't, like, even as like a, a storytelling arc, there isn't a great reason for going there, you know? No, and, and it's like, let's talk about the money issue. Like, this is a massive deal. So if Harden opts into his player option right now, and then he signs a four-year extension, his five-year, his contract would be five years, $274 million. So he'd be averaging about $50 million a year, if my math is correct. Is that right? When did the, I feel like these numbers went up. When did they, like, they were, like, like, well, like it, it last is. year, he's going to be, what, like 60 in the 60 ballpark or whatever is that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can't remember but, anyone but, ever making 60, anywhere close to 60. Like, the last I heard is, like, 40 million a year of, like, Chris Paul or whatever. Yeah, it's just going to, it keeps going up because, like, it's the 10-year rule plus being an all-NBA performer. Right. And like, all that stuff, the the Man. percentage of the cap. It also ties to what your old contract was. So, like, Harden has been on, what, this would be his third max contract or something like that, or max extension. But if he opts out, so, like, Harden could opt out at the end of this offseason and join a team in free agency. One, there aren't many teams that are going to have the cap space. Now, of course, if Harden wanted to go to Sacramento, they could find the cap space, right? They could start making a bunch of deals. But his deal, if he opts out and joins a new team via free agency, is four years, $200 million. So it's a difference of a year and $70 million, okay? Which, to say all this, the point of it is, Harden is not going to opt out and become a free agent. He's going to opt in, and at least it's going to be an extension. And if that's the case, the Nets, if he wants to leave Brooklyn, okay, I'm not even getting to like, I, I don't think he would, and we can talk more about the scenarios that would make him want to. I don't think he would. But even if he did, the Nets would hold all the leverage in the situation because they could say, well, we're not going to give you this extension. We're not going to let you opt in. We're not going to give you that extension and then trade you to a team and not get something really great back. The way the 76ers idea is being propositioned is it's this Harden for Ben Simmons swap. I think if it came down to it even, it would be Harden for Ben Simmons, Maxi Thibel, and three first-round picks. Like, it wouldn't be... Ben Simmons' value is so low right now that they can't even trade him for Tyrese Halliburton. It, it might and, be negative value. I mean, like, that's the problem. Like, you're not... It's potentially the 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 reverse of value, you know? <laughs> he hasn't played... Yeah. He will not have played basketball for an entire year. Does anyone know what his vaccination status is either? Is that wasn't that a thing that was batted around? Ah, don't you dare! <laughs> don't you I, dare! I mean, I don't up. want to do that, but like, you know, is he even eligible to play in Brooklyn? Is it? You know, you know what? I'm gonna think. I think I really don't know. I'm extrapolating over the fact that like he went to practice and he flew in and immediately could practice. That he the, wasn't there riffraff about it. I feel like there was. Anyways, we don't have to spend any time. There was riffraff yeah. about him getting tested. Like he got tested for COVID immediately. Anyway, so yeah, let's not. I don't yeah. even know. Which is a great point, though. If the Nets traded for an unvaccinated player, that would be a disaster. But I do want to say this. So, like, if the opportunity were to come and it becomes obvious, let's say the Nets flame out in the second round, they lose in six games to whoever it is, and Kyrie like kind of goes off the deep end, like all the bad scenarios, the worst case scenario. Kevin Durant tears his ACL or something, right? Easy. Come on. I'm just saying like the worst case scenario. And if Harden says, wow, okay, I'm not going to play with Kevin Durant for a whole year. Kyrie's unreliable. Maybe the 76ers situation is better. Yeah. Still, the Nets aren't just going to give up James Harden for just Ben Simmons. They're going to get Ben Simmons plus a bunch of other stuff. And that other stuff could then be flipped for. Demonis Sabonis or I don't know, whatever. Like <laughs> sweet. Because I love yeah. I love Sabonis. Yeah. Um, who doesn't? So the, all of this thing is a massive fallacy. And what it all boils down to, Daryl Morey's not getting the offers that he wants for Ben Simmons right now. So he's selling this line out through the media mm. to say essentially, oh no, well, yeah, we're not getting the deals we want for Simmons now because I know. We're going to get Harden in four months or five months or whatever. You know, we know we're getting James Harden in the offseason. So he's he continually is pushing back the goalposts and making it seem like he has this grand plan. But really, he's faking it. <laughs> um, I thought you were going to say something. Well, I am. Finger. I, I had I was anyway. 
I had something that this is a little uncouth and you can stop me if it's becoming a little uncouth for you, but okay, Ben Simmons, one of Ben Simmons, many reasons for not playing has been mental health issues. Are, is the expectation that suddenly his mental health issues are going to clear up once he's traded to the Brooklyn Nets? Is that like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to call foul and say that he's lying about his mental health issues, but if they are to be taken seriously, w- w- does changing teams assuage your mental health crisis? I, I- Again, not not we don't penetrate the brain as much, <laughs> we, but we, we could. You Georgie. know, let's, ah, hey, hey Georgie, my dog, my dog's crazy. Georgie, um, we don't penetrate the brain, but I will say that I think a lot of his mental health, the things that he's had trouble with, is playing in Philly, is playing under the culture that Doc Rivers has set. I mean, Doc Rivers threw Ben Simmons under the bus. Right after that playoff, after the playoff loss that knocked him out of the playoffs, it was Doc Rivers that kind of set that whole thing in motion. Um, made Ben, I mean, Ben was crumbling mentally, it seemed, in that series to begin with. But I think getting out of Philly in any situation, you know how desperate he is to get out of Philly? Is that him and Clutch have entertained going to Sacramento. Mm. No shots at Sacramento. I love myself some inland empires, but that. Sacramento is a far place away from being this like the prodigy of Australia to going into Philadelphia, one of the prime franchises in the NBA, to then to then be so disgusted by what Philadelphia has turned into, to to go away from Joel Embiid, one of the best players of his generation, to play with, I don't know, Marvin Bagley. Like Got that's me. how desperate he is. That's that's so I would think him getting to Brooklyn would help his mental state. I'll tell you this. Okay. Who is on the Brooklyn Nets that happens to be one of the greatest humans known to mankind who also happens to be from the same country that Ben Simmons is? Patrick Von Mills? I would think if there's any player in the NBA who could help sort of repair the mental aspect of... What are you trying trying to sell this now all of a sudden? I'm just saying, a little sell, a little yeah, sell job. Minor sell. Because there is a possibility that this could happen. <laughs> I do think the Nets are uniquely suited to helping Ben Simmons kind of rehab himself. I think Steve Nash is the type of coach that could help him. I, I think Amari Stoudemire actually is the type of assistant coach because Amari had to have multiple versions of himself, mostly mm-hmm. because of injury. Um, and athletically, they're similar, even though their games are drastically different. I want to take this sell and tomahawk it into the trash right? that's, that's what i want to do you hate that this. i'm selling the, this because you think the, it's so dumb. i don't want a like montage like of ben simmons getting his groove back with amari stoudemire i don't want that anywhere near this team okay i don't need i don't need that major motion picture montage i i just this all comes down to what's best for Harden. what team has more talent the nets which team can you make more money for the nets what is a better place to play i think it's brooklyn over philly philly they will boo you in a minute, if he starts missing shots, you'll become the subject of every bit of ridicule from 76ers fans if you don't live up to this all-NBA level that you've established in your career. Mm-hmm. In Brooklyn, the best thing about the Brooklyn Nets fan base, we're good times, baby. Oh, we're just it's easy. All chill, it's all very bar- breezy all good vibes. Just looking we, to catch we, a we, game. We, you know? we only care about Kessler Edwards you know, at this point. like Really, the only thing that Nets fans care about is Kessler Edwards and Dayron Sharp not getting enough minutes. Yeah. We we don't care about anything else. So you come here to it's it's like that vacation. It's you're playing ball, you're enjoying life. You talk to Michael Grady sometimes. Grady's wearing the turtleneck, looking great. You talk to him for five minutes after People the game. People have been bullying Grady about his about his fit, and that's a problem for me because I think he cares about how he looks and he looks great. Okay. But I want to. I want to say. I'll tell you who's been looking great. These Ian Eagle. I mean, they Sarah Kusak <laughs> will post the behind the scenes photo of her and Ian and Grady when the yeah. it's an away game that they don't go to, and Ian's wearing like some like Nordstrom level jeans Ooh. and wow. uh, and a nice. I think the sweatshirts he wears are at least Ian, you, a ninety dollar hoodie. Been to Jose Bank lately, Doug? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, final thought. Uh, it's not going to happen. How, how it's, it's, it's and it's pathetic. It's embarrassing to <laughs> aspire to be fake news like this. It is such a obvious sham. Um, so let's not spend any more time on it. It's dumb. Who cares? All right, let's take a quick break. We'll talk about more uh, shambolic stuff, which is mm. NFT versus FTs. 
Coming right back. Hold it. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. And we're back, Brian. Wow. It's good to be All back. right. New segment, NFT VFT. If you don't know what an NFT is, it's a non-fungible token. Mm. We're not really going to be talking about the NFTs you see in the news not these real. days. We're not real about NFTs. Basketball NFTs, VFTs. No. Here's what we're going to do. It's kind we're of a killer comparison. This. Would you call it a killer comparison? No, not really. No, because I'm not going to be pulling in. What's okay. the famous NFT artist? Weebles or Peebles or something know. like that? Some guys. He does a lot of Buzz Lightyear. I know there's art. a lot of apes. Um, I've seen the apes. Yeah, the apes are big <laughs> in NFTs. Um, uh, so NFT VFT. To be an FT is a good thing in this segment. So what we're going to do is go through the primary skill of each of the role players, the primary role players with the Nets. Yes, Brian. So it's the fungibleness that you're that you're looking. We you're want fungible. You want fungible. You want to be able to fun translate. Yeah, yeah. You want to you want to be a fun a fungy guy. Nice. A fun guy. Yeah. Fun you guy. almost it was very close. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was at the beginning. Yeah. Um, so you want fungibleness. So if you're an NFT role player, that means you will not translate into the postseason. If you're an FT, if you're a fungible token, that means your skill or your value translates into the postseason. Because I think we all agree there's regular season role players, and then there's guys who end up not playing at all in the postseason because yeah. they don't have fungible tokens. Classic. I love it. And we like fungible tokens. I love this. Let's start off with uh, your boy, Patty Mills. Patty Mills um, has been everything. So this is more the most fungible guy. Anyways, do your thing. But it's so so fungible already. Here's the skill. Mm -hmm. Three point shooting. Now, Patty Mills was number two in the NBA at one point now in three point percentage. Now he's down to forty two point five percent from three. Very good on seven three point attempts per game. Uh, Patty is a proven postseason player. This will probably be the easiest NFTV FT that we have in this game. But is Patty Mills's three point shooting the reliableness of it? The 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 fact can the Nets bank on it in big moments? Is that is that a fungible token or a non fungible token? Right. For me, it feels very fungible. Um, I mean, his his playoff credentials are long and storied. Um, it would be surprising if he had. I would even say if he came out and stunk it up in the playoffs. Like it would be a complete aberration, and I would not even be worried about it going forward. I'm almost I'm I'm thr- I, I fall asleep at night, and sometimes images stir in my brain of Patty Mills wide open in the corner receiving a pass from James Harden. The defense has collapsed down into the paint. There's Patty by himself, like a lonesome dove, mm. receiving the pass and firing up fire from the heavens, launching down on the basket and breaking the back of. Name any playoff team they play, the, the Milwaukee Bucks. He is the Nets' Patty Connaughton. Mm. Uh, he has, and, but he's Patty. You know, they're both Patties, actually. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, well, it's just like Pat, Pat Connaughton, really. I, I call him Patty. Patty Connaughton. Yeah. Can you, he you, should be. You're Irish, so you're allowed to do it. <laughs> That's, I'm not that was offensive. It. Like, what you just <laughs> did there. I'm going to cancel you. Sorry. Here it is. <laughs> yep. We should do canceled v. not canceled. Uh, we should. <laughs> we should do that. Okay, next one up. So, Pat, I think we both agree. Patty Mills, his, his three-point shooting is a fungible token. Next one up, LaMarcus Aldridge. LaMarcus Aldridge, and the skill I'm, I'm transferring over, 
or not transferring to the playoffs is his reliable scoring. Here's a stat for you, Brian. Of the past 16 games that LaMarcus has played in because he's been out for COVID and injuries and stuff like that, that basically dates back to mid-November. 16 of the past 19 games, LMA has scored in double figures. Mm. Is his reliable scoring fungible token or a non-fungible token into the playoffs? I believe it is very fungible himself as a as like an entity who can be relied on for that thing. I guess, and this is not really answering the question, kind of taking it in a different direction, but like I don't know that we look for it enough at times, and that like he kind of he's recently at times been lost in the offensive sauce of you know <clears throat> Steve Nash's wizardry that he's he's cooked up some crazy stuff, and like oftentimes just having a real couple of nice set Lamarcus Aldridge plays, pick and pop plays is. All we need to get things back on track, and it feels like we get away from it at times. So I'll say fungible as a person to a man, but non-fungible as like, I don't know that that's a thing that we often go to enough. And I I imagine that you would in a playoff series, because that's when you end up going to your most reliable spots. Um, But that's the only caveat I would say I have. I mean, I I think he's like a kiwi, if you will. Like every time you have a kiwi, man, that's a delicious piece of fruit. But you don't think you never, you never had a mealy kiwi. Sounds like sounds like you never had an off season. Well, you kiwi. can have a. I, I I don't I don't judge people by when they're at their worst. I judge them when they're at their best, Brian. What and, if and, what if almost always you're, you're like if you're like a red apple, <laughs> if you're just like a standard big red apple, which is like nine times out of ten you're gonna be mealy, off season yeah. or an off season tomato. Well, what kind? What's your apple? What's your apple brand? You. I mean, you you, you really want to know because it's gonna be. Yeah. It's, you know, predictably pretentious, it's going to be the, the Northern spy. Are you familiar with the Northern spy? Cause if you're not, I don't want to no. talk about it, but the Northern, <laughs> Northern spy is oh it's a deep God. cut. It's a deep cut. Uh, the, the, the East coast elite Brian, again, Mr. I grew up suckling. Brie. <laughs> Brie. Ooh, Brie with a little slice of Northern spy Ooh. on there. It's, it's a nice it's little a, afternoon. That's a, an amuse bouche I can get behind. And, like. and watching a Netflix documentary. That is my kind of on the Ken Burns. Get some amuse bouches. <laughs> yes. Um, he's like a kiwi. Like I, I, every time I have kiwi, I'm like, this is a damn good fruit, but I, it's not one of my go-tos. I'm not, it's on my orange. It's not my honey crisp apple. It's not my banana. But when I have it, I'm like, this is good. The thing about kiwis, a little prickly, like LaMarcus Aldridge. Here's the thing though. <laughs> where, wait, prickly where? What do you mean prickly? You know, they're kind of like fuzzy. A fuzzy. <laughs> a little fuzzy. Wait, you say fuzzy and prickly are the same. Eh. Yeah. Same, same deal. There's a texture. It's a, There's text. a texture. I get you. Okay. Um, here's my thing about whether his reliable scoring is a fungible token or non fungible token in NFT. I am almost going to say it's a NFT. Here's why mm. I worry that your boy LaMarcus, his defense is going to be uh, a sore spot in the playoffs, the playoff playoffs possessions as the series goes along and it gets in- more intense and more intense. The guys who are really bad on D get picked on to a high level. And LaMarcus still walks like a dinosaur, yeah. like a very upright dinosaur. And he he doesn't have much lateral movement. He can be crafty with his weight and his power on D, but he's the type of guy, the the unathletic big at this point that gets played out of series often. I think they're going to need him for his scoring, but if Kyrie's allowed to play and James Harden Joe Harris and Patty Mills and Kevin Durant, right? And you wouldn't necessarily play that lineup altogether. But I think if you have four of those five out with like Nick Claxton, you're going to see that lineup maybe more than LaMarcus because LaMarcus is going to get played off the floor at times in clutch moments. During the games, though, it'd be nice. You know, you need the LaMarcus minutes against bench units. Yeah. So I'm saying NFT. I'm a little worried about whether his defense is going to be playoff ready. Are you not worried about that? I'm a little worried about it. I'm I'm trying to, because the problem is it's such a hard time, like placing him in a like starting lineup effectively, like with Kyrie and Harden and, and KD where KD can share some of the switchy big manny kind of defensive possessions. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't seen enough of that to know if that can, ju- if he can just be potato defense with like, he's a potato with hands. I like, I like parts of his post defense, his swipiness. Um, he's not <clears throat> totally useless. He does have nice swipes. By the way, we never even talked about that. Paul Millsap wants out. Um, who cares? Do we, we, do we, we talk do, you want, do you want yeah. to? Do we need to? 
Our boy Sham Sharani reported that Paul yeah. Millsap and the Nets are working on finding Millsap a, a, a new location. I'm surprised that he wants to shrug. Yeah, I'm surprised that he wants <laughs> to play more anywhere. Like, you sure you want? All right, go ahead. I mean, I mean, you you personally have been talking about Paul Millsap to the Nets for about five, four or five seasons now. It's been a while. And we got it this year, and he hasn't done a thing. Yeah, I can't really um, figure out what it is that just doesn't look right about it. It's just something's just not. He just looks like such a dedicated utility player. He's really like just put himself on a on, on an island of just like I I'm never going to look for my own shot. And when I do, it's going to be overwrought iso possessions. Okay, uh, Paul Millsap, is he a fungible token or non-fungible token? I is mean, he going to be on this team when the playoffs? I comes? hope he's a fungible token because if he's non-fungible then we're stuck with a with an empty with a with a dead roster spot. Um, fungible meaning we should trade him because he's asked to be traded and he doesn't play. Um, but who could we get for him? Um, you know, I'm I'm seeing a thing that says my Basically internet connection. Yeah, I'm saying like what like we're just gonna get some picks. Is that I mean some like crummy second rounders? Is that the idea? <laughs> Is that yeah? It, it would basically be it'd be like a top fifty five protected second rounder. Like they're not gonna get a single thing for him. And also, if you're the Nets. <sighs> They say they're going to work with him to get him in for a con- like a contender or a place where he can play. If you're the Nets, do you really want to trade him to like the Lakers and give them a free role player? And the like, problem is, it's a he's tough thing. so redundant with Blake Griffin. Like they are so similar, and which is a real indictment is that you know, and I love Blake, but Blake has has outplayed Paul Millsap. <laughs> he's now a friend of the show because he, he is a friend of the show. The glue guys he did account, have a quote tweet, so, so he's a big friend. He's on. He's a huge friend of the show. So um, if you're listening, Blake, hi, hello. Um, thank you. Uh, but yeah, anyways, Paul has been outplayed by Blake, um, which is saying something. And that's, what do you do with that? Mike? I don't know. What do you do? (laughs) (laughs) Indictment enough. Okay. Next guy up fungible or non fungible token, Joe Harris and actually playing basketball. Here's something that Steve Nash has recently said about Joe Harris. This was before the Timberwolves game. Joe has had some flare ups. I'm reluctant to talk about it because I'm not a doctor, so I don't want to say the wrong thing, but he's had some flare-ups, little setbacks oh. here and there. But he's continuing to stay positive and work on his rehab and try to not over and try to overcome it. And I also think he, I think I saw a quote where he basically said, uh, "Yeah, like Joe's doing some basketball things, but not practicing." So what is a what's a basketball thing you can do that's below practicing? I think it's just like shooting in a chair, right? Yeah. Um. Now we've talked about this with Dr. Naraj Patel. I think that was on our last episode. Uh, Joe Harris did walk in the snow, uh, in the wind, which is probably where the flare up came from. I mean, that's how you flare it up right there. <laughs> so that sounds like a flare print all over it. Um, here's, I guess my fungible, non-fungible fun- token. Are we going to get hundred percent Joe Harris? Well, this year? did like, you, did you get the sense that Dr. Patel sort of deputized me a little bit? Like I got kind of knighted as a doctor on that, on that exchange. Like that it was, you know, like I could call myself a doctor. He, he elevated you into a, a different plane almost altogether, yeah. like a different Ooh, like you're spiritual a, realm. Uh, yeah, you, yeah. You're, in a, you're in a different state of medical I'm glad knowledge. to hear you say that because I thought that, but, you know, I didn't know if that was just a me thing. But so he my here's my line of thinking. You don't ever want to hear about a flare up after a surgery, Mike. You know, it's not good. You don't want that. That means that means it's not going well. Uh, I don't want to like cast a whole bunch of doubt on this whole situation, but we're, um, we're a fair amount of weeks away from that, uh, that occurrence and, uh, the having flare ups at this late date is, I would say, um, that's disheartening. That's disheartening. Uh, so I was actually like pretty like keyed into that and I was like, oh, that's not good. You don't want to hear about like people openly talking, discussing like flare ups and things like this. That's, that's not what you want. Particularly with an ankle, like so, when we, you, everyone should listen to the interview we did with Doctor Naraj Patel. He's a huge Nets fan. He was wearing a Swamp Dragons jacket for an interview, which yeah, is fire. a very cool thing to do. Very fire. Um, but like when he was talking about the ankle, he was thinking like there was an ankle sprain of some level, right? They go in to do surgery. There was loose bodies. He doesn't. He didn't do the surgery. So like, you know how they always have to say like in a written story when they talk to doctors about athletes' injuries. They always have to make the disclaimer, this doctor did not work on the athlete or review medical information. It's like, I'm, I, I will let our listeners know, but I think they're smart enough to know, we did not talk to Joe Harris's surgeon, right? Dr. Speak Naraj Patel was- yourself. Like, I <laughs> pulled him aside. Well, yeah. Brian's in the medical discords. 
and uh, right. they're, they're they're hitting up Brian on the side, sending right. him video footage of injuries and saying, "What do you see here?" Yep. Um, but um, it, so maybe he had like loose bodies around his ankle, and they had to clean that up, and that's what's taking longer. Uh, we are three months away from the playoffs. Does that feel like a long so, time or a short amount of time? It feels like a long amount. It feels like a yeah. long time. Like if if Joe Harris was still out for another month. And then he came back. He would still have two months of basketball to get back in shape, you know, get back in a rhythm, play with the completely inconsistent starting lineup that is the Brooklyn Nets. You know, so there's plenty of time. Ultimately, it's like, what? when do they need him? They need him when Kevin Durant comes back from his injury. And then the, everyone that matters on this team can all play together a little bit, you know, before they try to win a championship. It's kind of the goal. Mm. But I still he's a fungible token. I think he's gonna play basketball this year. I guess I guess that was the question. Okay, next one up. Nick Claxton and his defense. So Clax is about to come back from an injury. I would say, not really counting Kevin Durant, because Kevin Durant's the best defender on the team. But Claxton is the Nets' best rim protector. He's the best switch defender. I think there's some statistics out there that show Claxton's one of the best switch defenders in the NBA, at least for big men. But Brian, as we've watched him this year, mm. he started the year off really poorly. He got was it, he had the mystery illness, mm-hmm. came back kind of slowly, and then really played well. And then he got hurt again. Can we? Can the Nets truly rely on Nick Claxton and his defense when it comes playoff time? Is he an FT or an NFT? This one is by far the hardest. Of anything you're going to ask, Mike, and it's not because there's a little, there's a couple of different, a couple of little different orbiting parts of this. Because as you say, the the mo- there's the some loose bodies, there's some loose bodies floating around. Um, the health concerns, just like the sheer amount of time that Nick Claxton has missed and continues to miss uh, over the last three years, has been pretty. It's become a a bit of a thing, Mike. Um, so like relying on him. Uh, get, being a defensive anchor is a certain kind of, it's a, it's a position that requires a lot of consistency. I, I feel like in order to like really be highlighted, um, we've used this comparison before about Karis Levert. Um, it also seems like, uh, Nick Claxton gears up, he gets into like, w- like when we were in like, uh, December, the Christmas day game. That was a crescendo of Nick Claxton. He had like hit his peak of notoriety. The secret was out. Um, then he gets hurt, and he has to have this slow ramp up again. I, the comparison that people often like is the Sonic the Hedgehog one. Build up speed, but then you lose your rings, and then you got to go collect your rings, and then build, a, build the speed back up again. Um, sure. Nick Claxton seems to have this affliction a little bit. And uh, was that was that a ring? Oh, my, that, that's that was Georgie. Sound that was that's so like a weird, wow. a weird job, ring sound G. effect. Um, Anyways, so there's that whole part of it, which is like the health concerns that then lead up to this like slow ramping up where he gets his win back finally. And now he's playing significant minutes to be the anchor. And then the rings, you know, go away because he has, he can't stay away from the makeout parties. Um, So again, I go to this like lame kind of like hybrid answer of like, I don't doubt he has the ability that is translatable, but it's these other circumstances that make me doubt whether that'll actually be there when the time comes. Yeah, it really stinks that he gets hurt and that he has makeout party illnesses because they like so you talk about that Christmas peak. So he played the 32 minutes Christmas Day against the Lakers and then for about the next 9 games during that stretch he was playing around 27 minutes a game and then he gets hurt against Portland and then he's been out and he's soon to come back they say. But he more than anyone on the team needs to play a bunch of minutes, needs to play with the starters, need to play in big minutes. Because they started him to year, the year as a starter, and it just went so poorly that it felt like, oh, I don't know if what they have in Nick Claxton. They also need him to play because they need to decide whether they should trade him or not because he has a contract extension that's coming up. They have to make a big decision on how much money do they want to pay him, how much money does the rest of the league want to pay him, like, is it worth it for them, plus the luxury tax. Um, and if they don't want to pay him, they kind of do have to move him to keep this ball rolling because they can't just keep letting guys like Spencer Dinwiddie walk without getting anything for real. Um, so to say all this, 
Right now, you have to classify his defense as a non-fungible token because we don't know if he's going to be playing consistent minutes in the playoffs. If he is playing consistently, then I, I feel very good about his fungibility. Um, but right now, he's an NFT. Mm. Last one, and then we'll get out of here, Brian. Good. Uh, Kessler Edwards. Since basically Kessler Edwards has started getting minutes this month, he's been averaging eight points, four rebounds, a steal, and a block. He's been shooting 43% from, the, from three on about... I think four attempts per game. That's solid. Those are perfectly solid three and D wing numbers. Yep. And that doesn't and that doesn't even address the defense. That I really have been so impressed by his defense. Like there was, I forget what game it was. Maybe it was the <laughs> the Spurs game or the one before that. Well, like he's he's getting screened. He gets around the screen, recovers, and gets back on the def, the the ball handler and disrupts the shot or makes the guy pass. And like the Nets don't have any wing defender who actually gets around a screen and still defends the guy who he was guarding. You know, like he he can do that. He is he's really athletic. He's swipey like Lamarcus Aldridge. He's the passing lanes. You know, having him and Kyrie back and like actually getting fast breaks going again has been. It's nice. a huge lift. It's been nice. Yeah. So the three kettle, which everyone's, everyone's taking saying it's, it's taken off in fuego. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the three kettle. Uh, my question for you, is he the three kettle, as everyone says, is he a reliable playoff contributor? And by reliable, I mean, like, is he playing, you know, somewhere between 12 to 20 minutes a game? He, when he's out there, it doesn't feel like his minutes are the worst. Is he not? Is he Torian Prince or is he like more more like Jeff Green? I'm not talking about positionally, but like reliableness. Is he an FT mm. or is he? This is really like, this is, I I said the last one was the hardest one. And actually this one's the hardest one. I spoke to you. They all get harder and harder. Um, And it's because it really challenges your Homer vision, like prejudice classes, you know, because like I've, I know that this is not enough data on, on Kessler Edwards. Like we've, we almost certainly do not have enough information about his consistency. Um, And he's like a awesome shiny new toy at the moment. Um, and so for that reason, I'm like, hell yeah, that's going to, what do you mean? Just, he's going to be the next, you know, he's like a, he's a, he's a quiet, he's a quiet type, you know, <laughs> let's not stop there. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, but you know, obviously this is, it's a, t- we do not have enough information. I will say that like when we were on, um, the Nets kingdom stream, Saint was sort of, um, prodigious about, um, what did I say? He was forward thinking. Precocious? Precocious. I was just looking for something. No. I have, I'm sick. Um, and was like, I want Dayron and I believe he said, I want Kessler Edwards and Dayron to start and play big minutes and playoff games. And was, you know, a little bit out on an Island with that. Although it's like not an unpopular take with everyone wants to see young guys play. And you know, it's the, the unknown is a pretty, um, it's, it's an equality that people like in basketball players until they, until they become known. Um, still, I want to stress that we don't really truly know Kessler Edwards. I love what I've seen so far. Do I think it's reached a true non-fungible crypto bag blockchain endorsed non-fungibility? I can't, I don't know that I have that level of, of, of faith yet. I mean, I do, I know in my, my fan heart, yeah, that that's where it is, but in my hideous prejudice, not fan brain, it's different. So I don't know. I, I'm going to say, Oh God, I don't want to be on the record with NFT on this. This is too hard. Like you can't do this to me. Brian. I, I, <laughs> all right. Yeah, it's, it's fungible. It's fungible. I think you can see Kessler wow. Edwards. I flipped, I flipped at the last second. So no, no one's been more aboard the three kettle train than me. I mean, I've drafted him in our fantasy league. I drafted him. I just picked him up. I drafted him. I you drafted Kessler Edwards in the fantasy league. My God. That was a joke. My it was God. a joke. You know me. Uh, I don't take anything seriously, but the three kettle, I, I gave him his nickname. Everyone loves it. It's like one of the biggest nicknames in the basketball. It's like really, people really love it. Um, and I just want to be honest though. It's, we don't have nearly enough data on our boy, the three kettle and guys like him, they don't play in the playoffs. Like second round picks who, like who've played like 10 games in the NBA who are on teams like this, like they get, they pretty quickly like kind of get swallowed up in the playoffs. And then we don't see them again until October. His fate is married to Joe Harris's ankle. Okay. That's what I'm going to say. 
if if Joe Harris's ankle <laughs> looks anything like it did a couple months ago by playoff time, um, we will not be seeing Kessler Edwards. But if that's not the interesting, case, you say that because yeah. we just got Joe Harris's X-rays, and in it there was Kessler Edwards in an Ant Man suit inside <laughs> his ankle, taking a pitch axe to his ankle bone. <laughs> Ooh, a pitch, that was a pitch axe. Is that is that a weapon? Is that a? I think it's a, a tool, a pickaxe. But I like it. A, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm a real, you know, yeah. a man of the people. I, blue collar, man. blue collar guy. Blue collar. Everyone knows Hitting me. In the mines with your pitch ass. Uh, <laughs> um, I agree with you. But the kind of the thing is though, if like Joe Harris is so damaged that he can't play, and they're playing Kessler Edwards, it's out of desperation. Um, I love Kessler Edwards. I love what he is. He's a great second round pick. As of now, like, again, we need to see more data. His three-point shot, I know he shot it really well in college. He still has that funky delivery. I don't feel like he has prime, like a maximum amount of confidence when he's taking them. But he is shooting 43% on about four attempts per game. That is, in terms of this 10-game stretch, that I'm, that's the numbers I'm looking at. Um, that's that's pretty good. I mean, that's that's a solid number of attempts plus a really good percentage. I'm excited he's on the team. He's the exact type of player they need, an athletic 3 and D guy. Athletic is the key word. Um, I just think like he's it's too much to say, hey, Kess, we need you to guard Chris Middleton, you know, in the second and third quarters to stop the Bucks bench from scoring a whole bunch of points on us. Like, hey, Kess, we need you to chase around Seth Curry around a whole bunch of screens. I think he can do it. I just think like this year it feels a bit too new. But I'm excited for the Kessler Edwards feature. I said Trevor Ariza. It's not a direct comparison. I think there's I, I think Kess is actually more lateral athleticism. Ariza was much more polished. But like if Tr- Kessler Edwards becomes Trevor Ariza, a guy who's made $150 million over the course of his NBA career, that is a massive great thing for Sean Marks and the Nets. Love it. Brian, let's get out of here. Let's do it, Mike. Give me give me the plugs. Check us out on Twitter at BKGlueGuys, NetsDaily.com, The Athletic. Get yourself on the paywall, TheAthletic.com slash GlueGuys. Apple Podcasts, five stars. We want to have to have them. Spotify, I think, also does ratings now. Hop on Spotify. Give us a rating. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, oh, ScaryKittles.com. Oh, we do, I did a drop. <laughs> good good yeah, episode, guys. Thanks, everybody. We're out of here. Bye, 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 bye. Oh, yeah, YouTube. Bye. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.